All right. God, you are so awesome. Thank you, Lord, for this conference. God, most importantly, thank you for relationships that we can build with each other, God. And I pray for these pastors and leaders, God, and I know uh, we're all going through challenges and transitions and trying to figure things out, and I pray that today, Lord, that you would just shine your wisdom upon them and shine your wisdom upon us. Lord, your word tells us in James, we lack wisdom to ask of you, and you'll give it to us. So God, Holy Spirit, speak to us. Um, God, we trust you, Lord. We're, we're just completely relying upon you, and we realize that we're limited, but you're unlimited. So God, we, we look to you as our CEO uh, of how we should hire and how we should lead, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Um, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, my name is Matt Fry, and this is my wife, Martha. Y'all give it up for Martha. She's, she's my secret weapon. And uh, so um, we pastor, how many are familiar with me at all? Anybody know? Okay, a few. So um, why are you laughing? Some of my staff are over here laughing. We know you, yeah, right. I have some of my staff here from C3 Church. Uh, Martha and I started C3 Church 20 years ago outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, before the ARC started. Martha, you can start at the ARC way or you can start at the... Hard way. There you go. We did the hard we way. We did the hard way. And uh, so I got involved in the ARC early on. Um, as, a, as the ARC was starting, I got connected with Pastor Greg Surratt in a season where I wanted to quit. Even though the church was flourishing, we built a new building in three years and had 33 acres and new building, all these wonderful things. People left the church. I was a little discouraged. Um, thought maybe I was in the right, wrong spot. I've been a youth pastor for a long time. I thought maybe I should go back to being a youth pastor because being a senior pastor was really hard. We're the senior pastors, right? So I was like, you know what? I didn't think it was going to be this hard. People talk about you. They're negative, you know, and, uh, and I wasn't expecting that. So I was like, I want, I want to go back to supporting somebody else. And Pastor Greg supported me, encouraged me, prayed for me, gave me a little encouragement, came back and re-engaged. Martha was awesome during that season. And out of that, I, I met Billy Hornsby, then uh, the rest of the, some of the guys, Dino and Chris Hodges and those guys. And I've been serving on the ARC lead team for, I guess, about 15, 16 years or so. Our first ARC conference was in 2003 in Minnesota with about 100 people. And we sat around tables and round tables and how to see all that God has done 842 church churches planted and all that God has done and uh, we started a little elementary school cafeteria now we have a 47 acre tobacco farm an old tobacco we don't grow tobacco anymore at least the staff might have some things growing back there I'm not sure but uh, but uh, um, and a beautiful facility that God's blessed us with we call it a miracle on a tobacco field uh, Martha and I have been married for 26 years we have three children. One of them is here, my daughter Caroline. She's my assistant. And then we have two other children as well. My youngest, Caleb, is 20. And he's finishing up our C3 college and has a desire to, to serve on church staff. And then my oldest, Gloria, uh, is 23, just moved back home from, from California. And uh, she's awesome, too. So, Martha, introduce yourself. Tell us. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Martha, and I've served on staff. Let me ask you, how many of you guys work together as a husband and wife? Like, okay, awesome. So, um, I've just recently come back on staff nine months ago. I quit. 
And uh, let me just set you free, because I know, husbands, there's been times you wanted to fire her, and wives, there's been times you wanted to quit. So we just finally made it happen. And uh, I stepped off of lead team, and um, and Matt and I both had coaches in our life, and, and my coach finally was like, well, Martha, you may just have to step off, you know? So I stepped off, and, and all that, that's a whole nother, we could do a whole, whole nother app session on that. And, uh, but then recently, uh, so we have we each have a coach because coaches move you forward to places you haven't been and then when I stepped off we got a counselor a counselor helps you deal with your issues so it takes a village for Matt and I to work together we're high maintenance we're high maintenance but hey here we are so um, but uh, so yeah so I've worked on staff and so a lot of stuff we're going to share about hiring and building up your team we've been doing together for 20 years but it is normal um, you know, has, if you're the pastor, and, and I mean, that is honestly true. Like, you're like, I really want to let her go, and I don't know what to do, but she's my wife, and if I fire her, I have to go home to her. And then as the wife, you're like, I don't want to work with him anymore, And but if I quit, I still have to live with him. So how do we balance all that so email us and we will help you with that okay so <laughs> we'll help you with either side yeah, <laughs> the either future side. or the past right uh well how many you know hiring the right staff at the right time that is a big challenge every pastor i told that i was going to be speaking on this they start laughing as soon as i tell them the title like i'm glad you got that one right we have done it well and we have done it not well right we in every season you know, when, when you first start like you have no staff like, I wasn't even on staff. I mean, I, was, I wasn't paid by the church. I raised my own support, you know, for the first year or two. Some of you guys know what that's like. And I didn't even take a salary from the church. And then you get a, we had a volunteer staff member to start with, right? And, and then all of a sudden, then you grow up and you, know, you have a few hundred, then you have a few thousand and, and everything becomes much more complicated. And then you're not even, you're meeting staff that you had nothing to do with the hiring of it, you know? So you got to figure out how to, how to hire through levels. And so I'll just be up front and say that we have not always gotten this right. I mean, you could say uh, maybe we're batting 500. I don't know. But we've hired amazing. I don't know what that means, but yeah. 500 is good. 500 is good if you're a baseball player, but it's not great if you're a pastor. <laughs> you know, you want to do a little bit better than that. But um, so Sam Chan... If you're familiar with Sam Chan, he's kind of a leadership guru, great guy. He has a, what's it called, Tuesday? Tuesdays with Sam Chan. I highly recommend it. Just a little email he sends out. It's like a short video. He's brilliant. Uh, he, he's, he told me one time, he said, Matt, he said, you should hire slow and fire fast. Hire slow, fire fast. <laughs> and, uh, and we tend to hire fast and fire slow. Uh-huh. That yeah. tends to be our human nature yeah absolutely um i'll never forget one time martha we um an example of not doing it well um when we had a staff member that was in in their leader's opinion was not meeting expectations over a period of time and there was a decision made that they should be removed from staff and at that time we were probably a little bit more corporate wouldn't you say we're more corporate um (coughs) And, uh, and so what happened in that situation? Remember what happened? Oh, yeah. So we needed to, we were, so we had a contracted um, a guy named Jason to do help with technology and stuff. And then there was a guy, Jason, who actually was on staff who helped make videos and stuff. And so our executive pastor 
called Jason up and said, hey, dude, you need to clean out your office. And this is, he had done something. It was pretty big. And you need to clean out your office and um, you're done and we're going to release you. And blah, blah, kind of went on to explain it. And Jason was like, oh, I don't even have an office. What are you talking about? He's like, well, just clean it out. Our exec pastor is just like, just go clean it out. So he came and he said, okay, Martha, you know, we did the deed. We let him, you know, we let him go. And, uh, but he said the weirdest thing. He said, he said he didn't even have an office here. I said, Ken, I think you fired the wrong Jason. And he was like, oh my gosh. He went back on his phone and he was like, I fired the wrong Jason. So he had to go back. How many of you ever fired the wrong person? Uh, That's that's about as bad as it gets. So he had to go back and be like, "Um, just kidding. You're, you know, we we still want to work with you. That Jason is still on staff. He's he's still a contractor with us. We laugh about it often. But hey, check your phone. Make sure you got the right name when you're letting somebody go. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. A familiar passage, Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll have it up here as well for your convenience. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers uh, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So obviously the scripture is clear. God's called the leaders, the pastors to equip. Everybody say equip. Equip. To equip the body to do the works of the ministry. So as we begin, I just want to give you this question. In fact, I'm going to give you several questions. The first one is this. Is is the answer to your needs already in the house? So before you think about, I need to hire staff, step, step back and go, are there already people in my church that could meet this need? Uh, I've been in situations, I was served on church staff for 13 years before I became a, uh, before we started C3 and became a lead pastor. And I've been a part of several churches and, and I've seen churches that were overstaffed, right? And the church body was, became lazy because the answer was always, well, let's just hire somebody to do that. And I've learned, I think a healthy body is, is when you equip God's people to do the works of the ministry. Uh, if you look at the book of Acts, they didn't have paid ministers, right? You look at the early church, they didn't have a lot of the things that we just assume that you've got to have now. Our assumption is, well, the answer is we must hire somebody. I would, I would argue that maybe you step back and go, is the answer already in the house? You could take two or three really strong, we call them dream teamers, you can call them volunteers, whatever you call them, like serve team. You can put two or three really strong dream teamers together and, and it, it can replace one full-time staff member. And, and there's people that would be willing to do that. So let, God's called us to, to make disciples, right? And he tells us, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. And I, I learned that if I'll focus on making disciples and building disciples, yeah. then Jesus will take care of building his church. Right. So the more we build disciples and invest in people and lead our people to do that and then empower them, then we can actually see some of the answers uh, to our challenges already uh, right there in the house. Um, Tommy Barnett's classic sermon. If you haven't heard it, Google it. Uh, The miracle is in the house. I highly recommend it. It'll encourage you. It'll get you all fired up. Tommy, every sermon by Tommy Barnett gets you fired up. But. Uh, the miracles in the house. We had a staff retreat this last year, and we at one of our sessions we just watched that that sermon and then talked about it. Um, 
Marthy, you have anything you want to comment on that? No, I'll go ahead and put question. The second question is this. Should we hire in-house or go outside? In other words, should you look within to hire that, that paid position? Could be part-time, full-time, right? Or should we look outside of our church? Great question, isn't it? The answer is, it could be either one, right? Uh, there are seasons and there are positions. Uh, I, I call them specialist positions that you may need. That you need just the right person that's an expert in technology or whether it's in creative arts or certain areas where you need that expertise and you may have to go outside. There's some positions that you could go outside and you could, um, um, you could contract, right? So you don't have to bring them in. You could just contract them. There's some areas even in communications and, and finances and bookkeeping and there's lots of things that you can outsource and, and contract so that you don't have to uh, hire a full-time staff member. Caroline right now, my, my daughter, is actually virtual. She, she has no office on our campus and she most people that, that interact with her uh, assume that she's there at the church because the, the way that she leads and the way she communicates is they assume that she must have an office and there at the church and she's not even there on Sunday she goes to uh, LifePoint Church in Virginia um, but it can work right so so think a little you can think outside the box so as you think about should we hire in-house should we hire outside I would say most of the time I, I here's what I would do first I would look in-house right I would, I would look in-house for Dream Team, our volunteers, and then I would begin by looking in-house, who is it that we've built up, that we've raised up, because they're going to have the DNA, yeah. right? They're going to have the heart of the house. Uh, they're going to be a son or daughter of the house, and our, our highest success rate are, is when we hire in-house. It's more risky when you go outside. Don't be, I have made the mistake of, and Martha has too, Right? I'm not going to speak for you, but we have been um, impressed by resumes, right? And, and, and we fast-tracked because of an impressive resume, Yeah. and uh, that doesn't work out well. And I would say, you know, here's what we would all love to do, is we'd love to go down to Target, pull off perfect staff member, bring them in, and be like, now I don't have to do anything else. Or Amazon.com. Or Amazon.com. Either one. Um, but here's the here's the truth. So if you hire within, you may have to teach. Like if they've come up from within, and yes, they're son or daughter of the house, but they may not have minister experience. You know, they may not understand like what it. So you may have you're going to have to spend time training them. Okay, now you're on staff. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does Timothy have to say about that? You're going to have to spend time with them. Okay, you may have to train. You're going to have to train them in a certain area. If you hire from without. They may know how to do exactly what you want them to do. They have the, they know how to be a minister and all that, but they don't have the culture. Yeah. So you're going to have to spend time with them teaching them the culture. So the thing is, there is no like easy hire and hands off. You've got to have a system and you've got to have a person and you've got to have a method to either way, within or without, to get them trained on whatever area it is they need to be trained in. I was talking to a... a a leader of an organization, not a church, but an organization that partners with churches. And they were just sharing with me yesterday that they hired this highly qualified, like a, a I guess you would call him a COO of the organization. 
and uh, they came in and spent, I guess, a couple of years just kind of redoing some things. They hired her from the outside. So wasn't it kind of an inside hire? Hired from the outside from another organization similar. And the, the president had to spend the last year, they had to remove him eventually, had to spend the last year undoing everything this guy did. Traveling around the world trying to like undo what this guy did. Had all the talent and ability and experience and in another environment may have been brilliant, but in that situation, because he didn't have the DNA, that it caused more frustrations. And we, we've experienced that as well. I would look within first, but I'm not saying don't go outside. And I think now with the ARC there's, and, and with Highlands College, and we have a college, obviously much smaller, but a lot of these uh, uh, ARC churches now have their own colleges. We partner with SCU, Southeastern University, that there's a, a, a bigger pool of, of like-minded potential candidates, yeah. right? I was just talking to, uh, who was I talking to that's at LifePoint now? Uh, Taylor. Taylor, is he still here? <laughs> well, he already, he doesn't need to worry about this session, does he? <laughs> he was at Highlands College, and now he's at LifePoint. So uh, there's a similar DNA, right? It's not perfect. C3's not Highlands. C3's not Seacoast. We're not uh, New Life in, in Arkansas, but it's similar, so there's still going to be some adjustments, right? You can't just assume it's going to be perfect. So I think it's, we, didn't ha we haven't had that in the past where there's a lot of like-minded churches. Was kind of, when we first started, we didn't start with the ark. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't know who we were. And, and so I think um, there are some advantages in that looking around. If you are going to hire outside, we, we, you have to spend more time uh, giving them, if you have any resources on, uh, that are recorded about where you're sharing the vision, Right, or you're sharing the values of your church, you can go ahead and give that to them even during the interview process, or especially as you're getting closer to it. So, uh, you know, they, they're hearing the values, they're hearing the vision, so you're not having to onboard all that stuff from day one. Okay, are we, is this making sense in your yes. anybody? Yes. Okay. Uh, Should we do interviews? Okay. Should we do interviews and hire? Um, should we, do, should we do interviews and hire, or should we use an outside search firm? All right, there are search firms, right, that um, can canvas the world and collect resumes and and find and bring you some candidates, or there's positions that you can do in-house. Does that make sense? So there's a, several out there, and we've, we've had good and bad experiences with that. Martha, you want to comment on that? I would say you need to know your strengths, even if you're doing it with in-house. Um, Matt is if he has chemistry with you, like let's say tonight at the after party, you came and hung out with Matt and you made him laugh and he had a great time and you're looking for a job, a ministry position, and we have a ministry position, Matt would be like, oh my gosh, you need to come and you need to apply for that position. This would be hang so out. much fun. <laughs> And uh, he would fast track everything and we would hire you because Matt loved, you made him laugh. And it was fun. It's true. So, hey, I, I, no, I, hang on, let me finish the story. Then, <laughs> then you come on staff and you're not really competent to do what you told him you could do. And now you're not getting the job done. And, you know, it's not the dream connection that that Matt had envisioned and so now he doesn't you don't make him laugh anymore you now frustrate him and so now he's like 
okay, I'm done with you. You know what I mean? Like, so we have taken Chemistry goes out the window when you don't have competency. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, I don't want to be around you anymore. I mean, you're slacking off. So we've taken Matt out of the hiring, like, fa- until the very end. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've, we, so we've had to say, okay, what's our, who's our best, who, who's God's given, who has God given the spirit of discernment? There's a person in our church that I know has a very strong spirit of discernment. And don't, there's more than one, but this person I tend, I know, don't, doesn't even really know how to use it really well, but just can either be like, that was weird, or they'll be like, they were the nice, you know what I mean? So we, so I make sure I just put that person in a gathering around them, you know, and be like, hey, so what were your thoughts, you know? So, I mean, use people's spiritual gifts, use your staff. We have a staff that they do all the kind of lead work, leg work. So if you use it within, the only thing is, you know, when you use it within, you're taking up your staff's time to do it, but there is a benefit to it. But so, know, as a pastor, know your strengths and weaknesses and be willing to, you know, face them. It's easier to hire in-house if you're like Michelle over here. Michelle, stand up. She's our kids minister, right? Carly, will you stand up? She's the, the assistant. So Carly, I mean, Michelle is relocating to Orlando this summer. Uh, her husband wants to is, is going to get education on uh, what do you call it? animation, right? And to go to Disney World and learn all that stuff, right? And so, uh, so, so she's moving to Orlando. So we're really sad about that. But Carly here, she's been mentoring Carly uh, before she even knew she was moving to Orlando. But then, as she, when she realized that was a possibility, probably ramped up even more. So now Carly's going to step right into that role, and it's going to be seamless. <laughs> So we're hiring Carly, but it's like we're not, we don't have to spend six months with the personnel team trying to figure out and go through resumes and so forth. Well, we did, but we did. You guys, give them a hand, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but we did interview. We did interview Carly. Yeah, we brought can't. in her husband. We brought him in. I mean, like we went through an interview process with her because. Yes, she's serving, but she's getting ready to step into a new role, so you need to, are you ready? We did all the personality tests, at least I hope we did, if we didn't, just give me false hope, that we did all the personality tests, like we did everything, because new levels, new devils, are you ready to step in that position, but, um, and so again, Matt and I stayed out of it, because we already love Carly, and we'd be like, yeah, just put her in, you know? And we 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 have fast-tracked that by mistake in the past, and didn't do what you just said, and be like, oh, obviously, we but like no we need to treat this seriously so let's let's do due diligence i'm looking at we have about 25 staff here at this conference but there's uh some actually here and i'm looking andrew you came through our college and you're on staff as our worship leader and joanne obviously your mom uh merver volunteers and sheena uh in-house started coming to c3 heard some amazing preaching Right? Is that right? I'm trying to take words out of your mouth. No, I'm joking. Uh, uh, radically impacted. Life changed. And she's on staff. John Francis, Highlands College. So outside, but similar DNA. He's knocking it out of the park. Next steps and first touch. So Amy Fazy in-house. Sean is a, a dream teamer. And she's here at the conference. So we got three dream teamers. So that's an, a little sample of dream teamers. Hired outside Highlands College. We knew we were going to kind of get a similar DNA. Uh, John, you know, John just is fully engaged. So it's like right there. So Caroline is in Virginia. Just married. Christopher slipped in, her uh, husband. 
And so he's on staff, does marketing for Daniel Floyd. So Caroline needs to transition off of being my virtual assistant. So we're in the process of trying to find her replacement. So we're looking for uh, my personal assistant. If any of you are interested or know of anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So we have hired an outside firm and we have 300 resumes of potential candidates. Now there's no way in the world we could handle that in-house. We don't have anybody on staff that has the capacity or a team even to funnel through 300 resumes and try to narrow it down to the top five or ten. But this firm can. They know our DNA. They know the arc. They know... You know what we're looking for. They know Caroline. So now, and they interviewed me for like, what, an hour? Interviewed other staff members to ask about me. So that's a situation where we're going outside, and we'll see how that's going to go. Uh, seriously, though, if any of you are interested or know of someone who's interested, uh, what do they do? Email email you? Sure. Yeah. Caroline at C3Church.com. Yeah. Let, I will say I will say this that you as the pastor you have to know your personality. You've got to know who you are so that you, you know, do the strength finders like know who you are so you know who you need to hire. You know, and and who's going to work well with you and know your like all those tests, the enneagrams, all that. You better know and then you better get your wife along, especially if you're hiring a PA or somebody who's going to work closely with you. She needs to be in the interview process. Yeah. There, there. We were hiring a PA for Matt, Matt, and one girl walked in the room, and within five seconds, I was like, "No way is she going to be his PA." Short skirt. Yeah. Is tan. It, yeah, it was bad. And, just got uh, the tennis courts. Yeah, it's just like Martha's like, no. She walked in. She Matt was so he he knew what I was thinking. He was so distracted he couldn't like, even interview viewer because he's like I know you're a no like I like in my uh, it was so bad we just had to endure the interview to get it out you know and like thanks for interviewing we'll be in touch yeah not really yeah, yeah. but anyway like, hey, no. um, but I will say you're make your wife a part of the process because you know she's going to yeah. be working closely with people that are in your office so that's Absolutely. just a freebie there but when I've made mistakes especially in the earlier days but even now if not careful is not listening to Martha's opinion especially when it comes to this position my assistant like she's got to sign off I mean I'm sorry I might think you're like the perfect fit but if she's like I have a weird feeling about this I don't like it it's it's done like there's no questions like you have to feel good about it we feel good about this person because we're going to be you're going to be working closely with them as well so uh, just because of uh, us being married I do want to just hit this real quick how many of you are uh, church planners or you're getting ready to start a church Okay, so these are these come from Ed Stetzer, but he says these are seven key leadership roles for a church plant. So if you're getting ready to plant a church, these are seven key positions. Number one, guest services. Guest services coordinator. Because these are all, if you're a church planter, these are going to start off dream team members. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. So you're starting a church. Who do I need to find? These could be potential staff, right? Potentially. Uh, Guest services coordinator. Number two, a volunteer coordinator. Or you might say dream team coordinator or serve team coordinator. Number three, outreach. An outreach coordinator. Someone who's helping you with the kind of the evangelistic arm. 
serve day, serve projects, right? Number four, assimilation in groups. Somebody who's helping you with the assimilation in the small groups, right? <coughs> Children's coordinator, worship, and finance. Seven key leadership roles. Now, obviously, once you get the church up and going, you're going to need to address student ministry and some other areas and so forth. But Ed Stetzer says these are seven key leadership roles. Guest services, volunteer, outreach, assimilation in groups. That's under one. That's one position, assimilation in groups. Children's coordinator, worship, finance. And that's it, all right? Does that help you guys? Yeah. Sometimes you're like, I don't even know what positions to look for. Well, those are, that's a good place to start. And a lot of, I, I've heard, I have heard this, oh, the first person you need to hire is your tech guy, you know, so that everything runs well on the weekend. You know what, you can, you can go down to your local, like, guitar center and hire somebody to run tech. I, if you hire anybody, get the worship coordinator, and then they can work with, they can figure out the tech guy. Yeah. Because here's the deal. Most senior pastors, you do not want your first hire to be a tech guy because you don't understand them. You don't speak the same language, yeah. and they're going to drive you crazy. Yeah. And so, like, I, Matt doesn't, Matt, if he talks with our tech team, it's just to talk about, hey, how's family? Because once the tech guy comes and he says, the lights and the, and the sound and the fader, and then this, Matt's like, it's Greek to him. I'm yeah. like, stop, Troy. Just, I'll be your interpreter, you know? Just they say, speak I'm, in I'm, tongues I'm gonna to him. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix yeah, it. I don't need to know what you're going to do to fix it. Yeah. You know, the collaborate, collaborator broke, and there's like the XYZ cord, and then this happened. We need to buy a new $10,000 deal to fix it. Well, I don't care right now. We have another service coming to fix it. Isn't that right, Nate? We don't have $10,000 before the next one. Yeah, $10,000. Yeah. All of you guys here in the tech world are like, I, what can I get for $10,000? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Our first building, we built a 20,000 square foot facility for $1.1 million. That was 2002. The just the technology alone for our new building was one million dollars. Yeah. So hello, I hate technology. <laughs> We're gonna go to Church of Christ, non-instrumental. <laughs> right, just go unplugged. All right, power of agreement. Let's talk about power of agreement. Okay. So yeah, so Philippians chapter two talks about the power of agreement. So the mistake I've made before is um, sometimes I hired independently. I just kind of did it myself. I like, I, like Martha said, I like you. Like, welcome. This is our new staff member. You know, can they do the job? I hired, un, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, we had a guest speaker come in and, and do like school assemblies and stuff, you know, for the youth group. and Super charismatic. Very fun, fun, fun. Just, just he, he was an MTV star. He was like on MTV. And you probably recognize him if, if you're, you know, watched MTV back in that day. And, uh, man, we just had a great time. Man, we laughed the whole time, going to high school, getting... And I said, you ever, been a, you ever thought about doing youth ministry? He's like, not really. I said, man, you make a great youth pastor. He said, really? So later on, he called me, and we ended up hiring the guy. And, and he was a lot of fun, but he was not a good youth pastor. <laughs> but we, did, we poured into him a lot, and then he, he left our church and became a, um, a campus pastor for Craig Shell. So, I mean, uh, we did something there. <laughs> And he credits us, but maybe we're the place where you get trained up and then we send you out to Craig Rochelle. Philippians 2 verse 1, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate that make me truly happy, key, key, key word here, 
by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. So make sure there's agreement on your lead team, lead agreement with your spouse. Make sure that there's that agreement there, all right? So if, you're, you're, if your whole team's not fully on board, then just take a step back. At least take 24 hours and pray and fast. And God, We're going to take this before God because there's not complete agreement here. And, uh, and so then John Maxwell talks about the rule of timing, right? You've probably heard this before. The wrong decision at the wrong time is a disaster. The wrong decision at the right time is a mistake. The right decision at the wrong time is unacceptable. People won't accept it. But the right decision at the right time leads to success. So timing is important and having that power of agreement. Four things that we need to look for in a staff member, Martha. Yeah, so four things is their character. You need to know their character, character references. If they're if you're hiring from without, even hiring from within, what's their character? If you're hiring from within, then who did they work with? You know, what do they have to say? Because you know, you can be a bubbly, fun person, but then your yeah. your team doesn't. They didn't like you as a boss. You know, so what's their character like? Uh, competency. Can they do the job? You know, and and not. Not can they do the job like they can run a meeting or something, but can they do the job like can they raise up leaders? Can they empower leaders? Can, that's Ministers are to equip the body. Can they equip the body? Not can they do the job. Even in technology, you want somebody who can raise up people to run cameras, run the soundboard. You want them to be able to raise up a team, not just do the job so you need they need competency then chemistry does your team like them do they blend well with your dna i mean if you like to laugh and they're super serious you're going to get frustrated and they're going to get frustrated like you know so is there chemistry and then culture you know do they get your culture I mean, if you, if, so one person that we, that was interested in Matt's uh, PA position, they were like, yeah, they just kind of had this, I don't know about large churches. <laughs> okay, we're not even, yeah, our, they thought our church was too big. First of all, we're not the largest church in the ark. We're not even close. And um, like, if that's a problem, don't over, like, <laughs> that's culture. Because <laughs> we, we believe you should be getting larger and smaller because if we're going to reach the world for Christ, you got to be getting larger, but then smaller through yeah. connect groups, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, she might have all, she might have character, competency, and even chemistry, but that'll keep her from the job right there because she just has this, I don't know about big churches, you know? So, you know, she's not going to want to grow, you know, the church and stuff. So, those are the four things that we look at. Um, what can be trained? Again, you know, what, what can we train? What cannot be trained? Right. What are, and what are you willing to train on? And what are you like, I don't want to have to train this. Right. I don't want to have to train you to be a youth ministry. Go to Bible college, figure it out. I don't want to train you how to do it. Like, or you may say, I love training people how to do ministry. I want to, I want to train that, so I'll look for these other things. You know. Yeah. So what, what do you want to train in these areas? Unless you hire in, inside, in-house, you don't really know about their character, do you? You know, yeah. They can fake it from a distance, and so you have to check references. Right. And don't forget to ask character questions, not just can they do the job, but like, do they show up on time? Did they follow through on what you asked them to do? Like, how was their character? Yeah, here's a great, great question to ask. So if, if, you were, if, if your position at your church came open again, would you hire this person back? Great question. 
Would you rehire this? Person? Would you rehire? That's a. Would you rehire this person? Because by law, there's certain things you can and can't ask, and blah blah blah, whatever. And I've probably broken all of them. But if I'm in jail, that's why I'll be like, I, why? Why are you in jail? I asked the wrong questions when we were hiring people. But um, but that's a great question that you can't ask, and you know, because if they like. No, I wouldn't rehire him. Red flag. They they may not even tell you why, but that should be a red flag to kind of keep probing through some things and it's stuff. It's a great question because if you if someone has called you for a reference, you know you're, you're trying to honor that person, but you also have to be honest, and you're kind of like <coughs> doing sometimes a little bit of a dance. Like I I, I don't want to you know make this person look like the worst person, but at the same time I have to be honest. But if you ask them, would you rehire this person? And they say no, probably should like take them off the list, right? Competency, can they do the job? I'm just reiterating what Martha, competency, can they do the job? I mean, they may have great character, great chemistry, great culture, but if, you, if they're like a worship leader and they can't sing, <laughs> I mean, it's like, they gotta, if they don't know anything about technology and you put them over tech, Right. So they have to. But I would say under competency, the number one thing to serve on our staff is to be a team builder. Mm -hmm. So if we're paying you, we're not paying you just to do a job. We're paying you to build teams. So your competency, we have we have staff that are over things that they're not necessarily experts in, but they're experts in building teams. Right. And so they can help empower other people who know how to do the specifics of it. So make sure you're hiring people that can um, build teams. Yes. So we'll do some Q&A here in a moment. Hold on. Let me just make sure I want to not miss anything before we do Q&A. Chemistry. We already talked about that. Uh, Hey, let me say this about chemistry. So... Even even on your staff, like Matt and I are both activators if you've taken strength finders. I mean, that means like we're just, we'll be like, hey, let's start a church. And before we work out all the details, we're already starting a church. You know what I mean? We're just like, go, 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 go. So guess what? If you're a slow mover, you're going to hate us. You know, because now, and we've learned to slow down a little bit because, you know, there's two of us, you know, but we're only going to slow down so much and we don't really have to know all the systems and we don't really, so you got to be able to be okay with being fast, you know, a fast pace. So we say that we're fast paced. So you, you know, we might come down a little, slow down, but you got to bring it up, you know, and we're ready to go, you know, let's go, go, go. So um, you need to know kind of your pace. And so that's why I'm like, take all these personality tests, know all this stuff, because here's the deal. And Phil Klein, who's here, he has a booth out there, taught us this. As a staff, they need to know your personality. We do not, the, the senior leadership does not morph into your personality. You morph into, not that you change, but you, you're going to go the speed of your senior leadership. Does that make sense? Like, like yes, I want to know your personality. And if you're, you know, a sanguine or a I, I'm going to, hey, let's chit chat and talk and all that kind of stuff. You know, yes, I need to know all that. But I'm a, you know, I'm an ID. And so, but if my D's driving, like, you, you've got to realize, if I come to your office and say, I, I, Andrew and I are the same. He's a, we've been on, we've, uh, we've been on worship for a long time together. So Andrew and I could start a meeting with, so what songs do you think we should do this week? Not, hey, how's it going? I'll, it didn't bother us, you know? Well, if, if Andrew needed conversation, like, hey, you know, if he needed me to be like, hey, Andrew, how's the weekend? And what'd you think? Of, like, if I come in and just go, hey, what songs are we doing this weekend? Andrew has to be okay with my personality 
Does that make sense? Yeah. And not get offended if I don't, I, if I if I'm not giving if I'm not looking at his personality, you know. And so and so you've just got to teach your team that constantly, you know. Now, does that mean I need to know their personalities? Yes. And do I need to reach out and be in a relationship? Yes. Yes. But at some point, your personality is going to hijack all that, and you're just going to go be you. Right. And your team needs to be okay. Well, yeah, that's my. Oh, yeah, that's my pastors. Their IDs and you know, and their activators. And you know, Matt's a historian. He's going to tell every detail of the story, and we're going to laugh at it. And that's you know, you got to know who your pastors are. Yeah. Yeah. And so you need to let your staff know who you are because that's that's who. Just go ask Phil Klein to explain it to you, but that's what he told our staff. <laughs> Excellent. And then culture, just real quick. Sometimes as a founding pastor in particular, there's things that you do intuitively that are a part of your culture that you assume everybody should just get it. And people don't get it, right? So we've learned you got to write stuff down. Like, what does excellence mean in your context? What is excellence? Excellence in one church might be, mean something different than excellence another place. So just think about that. Write things down because if you write it down, then you can duplicate it. Yeah. So if somebody else, how many of you ever had a situation where uh, you had a volunteer or a staff member that transitioned off? Sometimes maybe not transitioned well. Maybe they left the church or they they went they got hired by another church and it just kind of was awkward. I mean, but they were the only ones that had the password. <laughs> <laughs> they were the only ones that had the. The, the code yeah. to get to break into the documents that were needed and you somebody has to call them and go hey what's the yeah. code man I'm not calling them you call them you know? <laughs> or how do we how do we execute that yeah. serve day last year did anybody know well Bob is not with us anymore like so how do we do serve day well we have a date and a website but we don't know how did we pull it off last year nobody knows so we have to call Bob but if you write it down so I think in relation to culture, sometimes we think culture is like how you feel. It's the, it's the yeah, yeah, it's that, but it's also like sometimes your language and, and, and how you define things and, and then write it down and then you can duplicate it. Okay. Yeah, like Pastor Chris Hodges, do you think he's going to have upbeat, do you think his worship services are going to start with upbeat songs after yeah. last night's message? Yeah. yeah. Even if his worship team didn't know, that's why they start with upbeat worship songs after last night's message, they know. So even as a pastor, you can you can give, I mean, even vision behind the why you do what you do, and then you've got somebody writing it down, teaching it, getting it out through the church and the culture and stuff. The so the why behind the what. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're gonna t uh, we're gonna, now we're gonna pause and we're gonna ask you guys or let you ask us rather any questions that you have, okay? And we have uh, like an, like twenty minutes to do this, so. <laughs> yeah, if you could maybe speak to some principles that you guys have discovered, uh, maybe in a season where you're growing, the money hasn't called up, so your your hires are really strategic to, to identifying the right next hire. That's good. Right. That's good. The right next hire, when finances are tight, I have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> um, the right hire, when, when things are tight and you're trying to figure out strategically the next hire. Can you give me a little example? Yeah, so we're growing, but our finances haven't caught up to the growth. We have we just hired our fourth full-time staff member, and so we're looking for what's that next one because we need to be prepared to be able to 
basically, I don't want to hire somebody that a, that a dream teamer is already filling that role. I want to be strategic that if we're going to allocate limited resources, that it's going to take us to the next level. And what is your next level? What are you looking? What are you? What are you what's your goal? Yeah, uh, to break a thousand in attendance. What, what so, do you have? Uh, right now, we have a worship leader who also does students okay. and video. Uh, we have a creative director that does websites, design, um, app, everything, social media. And then we have a pastor of operations that oversees all the executive stuff, uh, as well as guest services and finances. Yeah, I think, yeah. Would you say connect groups, everybody? And assimilation? Well, then kids? You got two or three hires. Do you have a good kids volunteer leader? Yeah, she, she she's stipend, so she's part-time okay. and doing really well leading right. teams. You have somebody overseeing uh, small groups and assimilation, all that kind of stuff? In a, we wouldn't use the word, but a volunteer position, yes. Yeah. So you just... So we have all those seven. Some are paid, some aren't. Right. Um, and, and so... you're trying to figure out which ones of those maybe you should invite to come on staff. Exactly. And, and I know that may just be... You know, dependent on our, our our situation. Yeah. I wonder if there's some principles that you're like right now. I can tell you're going through. Here's what I'm evaluating. Here's what I'm evaluating. Here's what I'm evaluating. Yeah, you got to look and say, okay, who who is it that like we've got to have full time here? Like it's, it's it's becoming difficult to execute stuff because like they're working another job and it's like, man, we need that video done or we need the the small groups deal ready or and, and it, or the kids ministry is not. And you start looking at. Yes, things are going well, and they're knocking out of the park, but they've only got 20 hours to do what we need done in 40. And Yeah, where's the bottleneck? So I, does that help any? Yeah, it's good. So identify the bottleneck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like if, if your part-time person is knocking it out of the park and they're like, I'm good at part-time, like I, I, I can do all this, I don't, well then... You, okay, perfect. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's conversations to yeah. say, hey, could you do more? And they might be like, yeah, I'd love to. Or, you know, and your your um, growth track and connect groups person might be like, this is all I can do. And they're becoming a bottleneck. So, okay, we've got to make more room for you, yeah. you know, and that may be by coming on staff. Does that yeah. make sense? That's good. Back in the back. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. He's got the mic. Sorry. So we launched two and a half months ago, and we launched with about 630 people. um, And we just have myself and our pastor on staff. And so I guess my question is, if you put finances aside, how quickly do you hire a team? You know, you don't want to hire 10 people all at once. How long do you wait to add on each team member before you have a full staff? Which finances aside yeah do you, you have a budget right yes and so i think like uh-huh. they say about 35 percent should be personnel right it's kind of the bullseye i think chris hodge is the only one that hits that 35 percent right but <laughs> but uh that kind of gives you an idea so have you are you guys in that 35 percent are you under that yes so we're under that um, and we have opportunities but we have a dream team who are excelling at those you know opportunities and i guess the question kind of goes with him um, like, which one do you choose to pay when they're all excelling? But we didn't want to say, if we can have the opportunity to hire three people, Right. do you add on three to now having you know a full staff of five all at one time, or do you do one this month, wait a quarter, add another one, wait a quarter? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I just think... That's a good problem. Yeah, I mean, it's the bottleneck question, but the, the American Christianity assumes we've got to pay people. Right. 
So don't assume that you have to hire any of them right now. And just keep rolling, and then Holy Spirit's going to show you, hey, we can't get this done. Like we're 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 falling short in this area, not because the person doesn't have character, competency, chemistry. It's just they just don't have time. And and we we, we need them. We need them here. So how how are we gonna make that happen? And I think the Holy Spirit will make that kind of kind of obvious. You want to add? And you know, when you're first starting out, there's gonna be like, ah, woo, uh, uh, you know. And so, if you just on the hot, on the up, just start hiring. Then when you have a dip, you feel stretched and all that stuff. So especially being a couple of months in, I would keep dream teamers as long as possible. Build up that savings, awesome. just like wear your FPU principles. You know what I mean? And use those for the church even and stuff. And maybe start part time, not go from no time to full time. Like look at some part time. So, um, so my church, we've got about 10 people on staff, and we're pretty close, you know, try to have like a good connection. Tell me a little bit, you know, the, the whole thing about like fire fast, Right. but you're talking about people's lives and, right. you know, this the whole, you know how it is, we wear different hats. So tell me a little bit about the process when you're deciding, I think someone's not working out, we need to make a change, how you give them opportunities to, you know, what kind of time time frame are you looking at? Just a little bit about your, your process. Um, I think before you get to that higher, the fire fast part of it, there's some, some things that you've done before that. Sit down with them. Ask them how they're doing. It may be surfacing as a competency issue, but it could be something that, some pain that they're dealing with. It could be some baggage that they're dealing with. It could be something they're actually... Some, um, some marriage issues or some financial stress or their, their child may be uh, going through an illness or, or something like and, and you might go man I assume they were just being rebellious or they were being you know slacking off but really right now they're getting like two hours of sleep a night and, and they're not complaining about it and, and all of a sudden then you get them some help maybe give them some counseling get them some help give them some time off or just pray for them and, and give them a safe place to um, to share, right? So I think some of that has to happen. So there's compassion, there's grace. Uh, we don't really hi- we don't really fire fast, right? And we don't we don't fire fast. Um, it's a great saying, but we don't do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So. I- so here's here's where I think the fire fast is, you know, like don't once you know and they know they're not a fit and this isn't going to work, don't drag it out for a year. Now we did have um, a guy on our staff who we knew he was going to go plant a church, but the church wasn't going to start for a year, and so he had conversations with us early on. But we said this needs to stay in this office. We will send you out, but it, it becomes a drain on the church. And he was like, I will give you 100% of me for the next year. Nobody will know. And he totally honored that. And we sent him out well. So for Matt and I, it seemed, we, we didn't fire him. He left. But, you know, but when he, but when it, when the gun went off, he, I mean, then it was, you know, he, because in that year, kind of like Michelle, she had been raising people up and knew what was coming and stuff. Now, if they're rebellious and all that kind of stuff, and there, we have, we have had the conversation say, and everybody agrees it's not a fit. You know what? We're going to release you. We'll give you, we'll pay you for the next month or whatever. We're going to bless you. You know, we still want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to them. So we'll, you know, we're going to bless you. And 
give you some, but you know, it's probably best for you just because of what's happening for you to go ahead and move on. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there's also sometimes a restlessness and the Holy Spirit sometimes makes people restless, which some kind, sometimes can surface as negativity because a lot of times we don't know how to handle that emotionally. And like we start looking at things within our church that we're, we don't like, or especially if we're thinking about starting a church and we start thinking about what we would do different in the new church and it comes off as critical. So that's where that conversation is important. Like what's God doing in your life? What are you dreaming about? Well, I'm dreaming about doing something different. Okay, let me help you with that, right? Because the Holy Spirit's working, right? And he's, he knows what he's, what he's doing. And so uh, unless they've done something illegal, immoral, you know, something like that, then that needs to be handled quickly. But if it's just kind of, um, a, yeah, have the conversation. Does that make sense? I, I, would show, I, I would show grace. I would show compassion. But I think Sam Chan is like, the first time it pops in your head, you should begin um, doing something about that. The first time it pops in your head, I don't think that person is a good fit here. Something's not right. Rather than avoiding it and doing nothing, going, okay, we need to start addressing that. Some conversations need to begin now, right? That may end up them not being here, right? I, I pray that God sends people out so that I don't have to, or our staff doesn't have to go, hey, you're, you're gone. We did it wrong in the past. I'll, be, I'll admit that we haven't done it always right. And we've, we've told people, clean out your office. How we treated this guy, Jason, that was wrong. I mean, that wasn't right. We shouldn't have said clean out your office on the phone. That's just not, you shouldn't do things like that. We don't do it like that anymore. We, back then we were more corporate. We're not that way anymore. So does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Could you give me some advice on how to deal with staff members that, so we're, the background is we're, um, you know, small church. We have several uh, staff roles, as in, like, we've got two full-time staff members, me being one of them, and then we have several part-time staff members, and then several volunteer staff members that assume the responsibility of uh, being a staff um, role. I'm struggling with the the tension of because we're still small and we're not we don't operate corporate we don't we're more it's more familial than it is even business and a lot of it's like you get a lot of me because I'm not in a contractual agreement to pay you so it's like I, I feel the need to give you a lot um, but there's a been there's been several times where I feel like I don't know how to navigate the waters because it is still a boss employee relationship and yet there's also the pastor relationship the friend relationship and then well there's the compassionate side of me then they tell me all their stories it's like you know i i hear it and i feel it but at the same time like i want to be like get your job done too by the way right what's your advice on that three things that every pastor must have okay three things Okay, th- let me back up. Three things the church needs to have. The church is a corporation, right? The church is a community, and the church is a cause. Church is a corporation. As a corporation, the senior pastor must understand that sometimes he has to wear the hat of a CEO. There needs to be paperwork. There's bylaws. There's due diligence. I mean, you have to have your ducks in order, right? You go to the bank. You try to get a loan. You have to do things right. Can't be sloppy. Have to be a CEO. You have to hire well, etc. As a community, a senior pastor has to be a father. 
you have to know when to put your arm around a staff member. Hey, I'm really sorry that you lost your, your mom. I'm really sorry that you're going through this. We're going to help you through this. We love you. You know, show compassion. Um, here, take an extra day off. Get some counseling like that father, right? And then uh, as, a, um, as, a, as a cause, there's times where you have to be a general, right? It's Sunday morning. Something's filled in the lobby. I mean, I know you're, you're like the worship leader, right? You know, but right now, can you clean up that mess, right? Or they just have to trust you. Like, there's, we're trying to reach people for Christ. It's Sunday morning. I don't have time to explain the why right now. I'll talk to you more this week about why I had to ask you to do that. But right now, I just need you to do it because bullets are flying. And if you don't duck your head right now, you're going to get hit in the head. Because when you're in battle, you don't argue with your general. You don't argue with your supervisor. You just, you just obey the, what they tell you. And then when the dust settles, I mean, let me explain to you why I told you to duck. Because there's a bullet that was coming right towards your head. Because Sunday morning you're in battle. Yep. Right? And there's certain seasons where, you know, you're just in a fight. But you can't live like that seven days a week. You can't show up every day. You can't show up to staff meeting like a general. Right? That's good. That makes sense? Yep. Yeah. So every pasture is not good at all three of those. I mean, to find Chris Hodges, we call him the t total package. He might be all three of those. He's the only person on the planet I know that probably is all three of those. Right? I'm, uh, I, I would say, Martha, you might agree with He's me. A I'm a general, a number one, right? I'm all about the cause. People are dying to go to hell. We got to reach them. We're going to reach North Carolina for Christ. We want to do it by tomorrow, right? I'm a general. Number two, I'm a, I'm a father. That's my second strongest. Right? No one kind of showing compassion. My weakness is a CEO. Church was running 800, 700, something like that. We hit a lid. Well, I hired somebody that was good at that CEO stuff. The church went from like 700 to 2,000 like that. I don't remember averaging in the thousands during that season. It just like, bam, just went up. The only thing I can attribute it to is I found somebody who was strong where I was weak. Right? Yeah. So you don't have to be strong in all three of those areas. But in your leadership team, that core around you, or you're weak, like if you're not really good at being that father, then find somebody who's a good father and put them in your core. And say your assignment is to help help, help me with that. Yeah, help me disciple. Help me raise up some sons of the house. Uh, or if you're really good at, if you're not good at a CEO, then find uh, somebody. Nate's over here and he, he helps. He's over all the finances and facilities. We made him shave his head to come on staff so he would look like me. No, so, but... but He's the bodyguard, right? So, so he, uh, uh, he's good at that. Came out of the marketplace, owned his own business, served as a volunteer, came on part-time. Then I was like, come on full-time. And, uh, and he, he takes a lot of that weight off of me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Community cause, corporation, CEO, father, general. You're going to be good at one. You'll be average at another one. You'll stink at the third one, probably. Unless you're Chris Hodges. So... <laughs> And I would say, real quick, just you need to treat them like you would your staff. Like, this isn't, you know, God says be faithful in the small. So if you had a staff of all full-time paid 10 to 15, how would you run that? We'll run this that way, you know. I'm a volunteer uh, coach for a women's basketball team um, in our area, two-year kind of a leadership coach. Um, they, she treats me like I'm a coach. 
you know, and I get treated just like all the other assistant coaches and stuff, you know, and, um, and so that's what you need to do, you know, okay, this is an opportunity that I have full-time, part-time volunteer, how would I treat a staff when they're all full-time, what would be, what would you do different, we'll start doing that now, and if they can't adjust, then that's on them not on you and you may have to have conversations and say hey guys as we're at this new level some things got to change I need to be a little bit more I need to schedule meetings you can't just pop in my office I need to work on sermons it's going to change and so you're in give it a little season but then at the end of the day they may not they may have been there for that first season but not this new season yeah we're going to conclude with this okay one quick question you had mentioned uh, in some of the interview process bringing in uh, the husband and, and and I just had a question like do you always do couples when you're interviewing uh, for hiring and then also if you have husband or if you have husband and wives on your team if you are having to do corrective things do you do that with both of them or do you you know insight or coaching and those things do you do it with both always or is it just case by case or how do you handle that with with interviewing on the front end and when they're on the team we typically would bring the spouse in towards the end Okay. Right. So towards uh, after you kind of realize, hey, this is, person is probably the strong candidate, then bring the spouse in and begin asking them, hey, how do you feel about this? You know, because that person who you're interviewing, they may go, my, my husband, my wife, they, they they're excited about this. Right. But then you see the their facial expression of like, yeah, I'm okay with it. You know, you're like, okay, there's something here. Yeah. So so what are your hesitations and and then. Um, best you can is go listen if you're coming if you're coming on staff and you've been in the church and, and your expectations of coming on staff is like man this is just going to be wonderful and we're going to just love each other we're just going to walk around and hug each other and, and worship god every day and just not going to be any problems it's going to be like summer camp like youth camp all all the time we're going to sing kumbaya and just it's just going to be just floating around like angels i just want to work on staff because it's just going to be the most peaceful loving perfect place to ever work no problems no conflict right they have this vision of like it's just going to be like an eternal heaven it's like well yeah it's fun but it's challenging and if there's more than one person in the room there's going to be conflict right that's just life so we have to work through that and navigate. And so it's like the new level, new devil, and God promotes you. Hey, as soon as you come on staff, the devil knows what's, what's happening, and he's going to come after you. So don't be afraid of that, but be aware of that, that whenever you feel the stress, anxiety, whatever, then that's to be expected coming on staff. Not to scare you, but are you ready for that? You know, Are you willing to step into that? Just real quick on spouses, yeah. On spouses, we do that case by case, depending on the situation. Matt and I met with a, uh, one of our executive lead team members, and she wanted her husband to come in. And we were like, yeah, absolutely, you know. And so that, that we just do case by case and stuff. And, yes, we do interview the spouse because we do expect them to do. It's not two for the price of one, but we do expect them to do what we ask all of our church to do. Serve on a, come one, serve one, yeah. be in a connect group go through next steps like that's what we get to say to the spouse we just want you to be a great church member so whatever we ask our church members to do that's what we want you to do and we get a chance to say that and i would just conclude with one thought is like if you're going to lead your church hire well you know go through transitions that we have to be secure as leaders 
and understand who we are in Christ. Understand I'm a child of God and not find our identity in our church or our attendance or how we're determining what success is, but understand that you're a child of God and, and find that security in Him because insecure leaders sometimes can, can fire or hire out of ego or out of pride or out of trying to prove, like, look at my big staff or whatever, right? Or fire people because I'm trying to show my power, right? So you and I are having a conflict and rather than having the guts to work through it, then I'll just, I'll just fire your butt because I'm the pastor, right? <laughs> what was it that uh, Rick Bezet said, don't use all your authority, yeah. right? Yeah. So I wrote a book that would help you with that called I Am. And I have a few that I want to give away. So you can go to mattfry.com, right? And if you want like a bulk of them, Caroline can hook you up and get you a whole book. There's videos that go with it, small group material as well. So this book at the end, chapter 8, has 31 I Am declarations. You take one every day and declare over your life. I have them on my phone. You can go to mattfry.com and just download the reminders on your phone or your Google Calendar. They're all free. All that stuff's free. We have a bookmark you can download for free. It's a resource. We just want to bless church planners. When I wrote this, I wrote it with a church planner and a pastor in mind because it has the small group curriculum that you can use. I actually just completed a, a men's group going through this that complements this book. And then the videos, the five 15-minute videos, and they have testimonies of people whose stories are in the book. So who in here is... Uh, just started a church in the last 12 months. Just started a church. Last, here you go. Here's the book and the guide. All right. We have another one back in the back. Can you run that back there? All right. Who, who is planning on starting a church in the next 12 months? Anybody planning on starting a church in the next 12 months? There you go. Awesome. And Martha, one more question. You got one? Yeah. What, what woman in here serves on staff? There's a lot. I know. Okay, I've got to narrow it down. What woman serves on staff as a pastor's wife that was born in March? Uh, yeah, she's not here, but it's my wife. <laughs> back, back there. Matt, right? I don't have any my last one. I know, email us, we'll get it. Thanks guys, we'll be up here if you have any more questions or and or our staff. Yeah,